Mistwalkers. Welcome to Ravenloft, the demi-plane of dread. This is Season 3 of Tales from the Mists, a Dungeons & Dragons series full of love, inevitable betrayal, and gothic horror. Tales from the Mists airs on twitch.tv slash dnd every Friday at 6pm Pacific Time. Before we break your heart and dash all hopes, let's meet our unfortunate cast. It's me, T.K. Johnson, your dungeon master and favorite eldritch auntie. I write scary stories and I put them on the internet, and you can read them at my website, tkjwrites.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, tkjoinsthefray. My name is Lisa Penrose, and I play your heart-of-the-party Mercy Albrecht, storm sorceress and <sighs> heartbroken changeling. Follow me at Lisa Penrose on Twitter. I'm Kayla Klein, and I play Vosley Ava Mordenheim. Artificer, wizard, alchemist, and abyssal tiefling. You can follow me on Twitter at K A Y N C L I. I'm Ashley Warren, and I play the Weird Jackal Vistana revolutionary bard, Konstantina Afshalamov. Follow me on Twitter at Ashley and H Warren, or check out my website, scribemind.com. I'm Hadil Almasari. I play Vargas Blackstone, the drow who knows everybody's secrets. You can find me online at TwittySuch, T-W-I-T-T-Y-S-U-C-H. This episode also features special guests Willie Abiel as Jericho Amarash and Kat Kruger as Rapture. Follow them at the Boo and at Kat Kruger on Twitter, respectively. Are you prepared? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Here comes episode 28, Bring Your Alibis. Good evening. Good evening, Mistwalkers. Welcome to Tales from the Mists, a spooky campaign set in the domains of dread. With me tonight are six adventurers, well, five adventurers. This is not a typical campaign, though it is a topical one. We have a rotating cast, four anchor members, which would be Hadil, Lisa, Kayla, and Ashley, and then our two rotating cast members every four episodes. This is my last episode with Jericho and Rapture. Can we kill them? (laughs) (laughs) The last time we were here, we split and went our separate ways. Three of us to Club Knucklebone. One of us with the Vistana. And one of us to the Temple of Mudar. Jericho. You stand in a high-ceilinged, sandstone-shaded, glass and obsidian monolith, a beautiful pyramid. You're surrounded by silver trees with jeweled fruit and walkways that hover above the clearest water that you've ever seen with brightly colored fish that flit to and fro. And you have been waiting. How long have you been waiting? At this point, I would say about a week. Maybe two weeks. How long in the building? Ah, I would say maybe 20 minutes at this point. 20 minutes. Do you think that that's reasonable? I would assume that I would get some sort of audience with someone by now. Roll me an insight check. That's a 22. How can you tell that you are being put on hold, so to speak? 
generally, as I look out across this very, very big and well uh, paid for <clears throat> room, I can see people walking about, possibly even having conversations, looking back at me, but then continuing about their way as if I wasn't even in the room. It's true. There are several um, individuals dressed in gauzy white linen that will whisper to one another and point at the tablets in their hands, uh, motion other people, other penitents forward. And yet, every time they glance at you, they just as quickly turn away, carry about other business. All right. So I think at the next opportunity, once I see some people having a conversation, I will try to walk towards them as fast as I can. It takes only a couple of moments before two two young-looking people. And you say young-looking because their heads are those of animals. Uh, one jackal and one perhaps a falcon. and But their bodies are apparently young. And they begin chattering over a tablet. Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, patrons. You see the feathers sort of raise on the back of the falcon's head, and they look over one shoulder at you. Yes, how can we help you? I am looking for the high judge. Can you point me in their direction? Oh, yes. The high judge's uh, appointments are terribly overbooked today. It will be only uh, perhaps another hour. What I bring is very important. Perhaps I could get pushed ahead in line, or... This seems like it can't wait for much longer. I assure you, the High Judge sees only the most important people. Who sets this importance? What kind of importance are we talking about here? And the two of them sort of glance at one another and... That's not exactly business for outsiders. Who did you say, uh, whose temple did you represent? Uh, is there a house that you have the sponsorship of? Perhaps that could help. Um, they show their sleeve wrapped in red cord. I have been sent here by Elmata on a very important mission, and I wish to see the High Judge as soon as possible. The two of them look at their tablets, look at one another, and... We will make sure that you are moved to the top of the list. Why, thank you. Of course. And uh, they scurry away quite quickly. Are they going towards any sort of list? (laughs) Or did they just blow me off? Would you like to roll insight? Yeah. Oh, another 22. All right. They super blew you (laughs) off. (laughs) Are there any shady areas in this uh, big place? Hmm. Anything dim lit? Let's see. I would say yes. Although the ceiling is mostly open here with a glass atrium over it that has these towering sculptures of trees and beautiful, beautiful glistening fruit, there are several columns. Now, these columns are about five feet thick of marble carved into various household patrons. You could probably find a shadow. It's well past midday. All right. So, 
if it's clear that they completely blew me off, I'm going to go towards one of those marble pillars and try to sneak my coffin right into the shadow of one of those pillars. Okay. I want you to roll me a stealth, just to ensure you're not seen. Very good, very good. That is a 17. Looks clear. I have the coffin sitting up, right up alongside the pillar, and then I cast Invisibility. On yourself, or the coffin? On myself. On yourself. All right. Let me just... All right. I am looking for the biggest fucking part of my French doors possible, and I'm going to make my way over to this judge. So, behind you were two massive doors, plated in bronze, decorated with a relief of sculptures with a rising sun over a funeral barge. Okay. You're going to go towards those doors? Mm-hmm. They are open with multiple people walking in and out, and let me just roll one more thing. Sure. Nobody seems to have noticed you. Excellent. <clears throat> and I'm just rolling their perception at disadvantage against your earlier stealth. Mm-hmm. Nobody appears to have noticed you. As you pass through these doors, you enter... The, ha- the Horosite Hall of Justice. It is a large open chamber. And typically this is where nobility come to present their cases to the heads of houses. It's decorated with large murals depicting a Horosite judge, a large, able-bodied man-like figure with a hawk's head and a brilliant cascading gold crown set with turquoise and jade in a throne, meeting out justice among the people. There are several religious trappings kept here, different linen and silk robes hung on hangers, and you can see several attendants scurrying to and fro, but nobody who seems to be doing anything... Like, no one waiting in line, it's just people walking like NPCs? Well, more like there are attendants doing attendance work, but there are no priests milling about. There are no nobility that have been waiting all day to see the high judge. You said there was a robe hanging? Or a few robes that are just- There are a few robes, yes. I'm gonna see about grabbing one, throwing it on, and walking forward. Is this rope now invisible? I would assume so. Or it's just a floating rope. Can you read the invisibility um, description yeah. to me real quick so <laughs> that I I know whether interacting with an object breaks it? Fair. Anything that you, uh, anything the target is wearing or carrying is invisible as long as it is on the target's person. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. You are, you are now wearing an invisible robe. Hmm. And where would you like to walk to? What you have in front of you is... What you have is a large door with an altar just behind you from where you had entered. And you have this open hall of justice and a set of stairs that lead down. At the end of this hall of justice is a throne, an empty throne. There's just no one here. Nobody on the throne, no. And I guess this room is a dead end, then. There are stairs that lead down. All right. 
I'm gonna take the stairs down. Yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, what? How interesting. Such a bummer that Jericho died mm-hmm. in a way himself. <laughs> <laughs> hardly anywhere near him. I didn't. Oops. I mean, who would. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, they lead downstairs towards the patron's antechamber. This is a. You've been in a temple before. You know an antechamber or a, a council room when you see one, richly decorated with gold, these fine carved works of art and ivory. Goodness, there's all sorts of trappings that definitely belong to the heads of houses here. Several chairs, divans, small tables scattered about the room, unlike the waiting rooms where it was almost entirely unfurnished. And the walls here are carved and painted with scenes of pharaohs and the first patrons. One wall in particular depicts a king, and it is not scratched out, not lost to history, but there's something about it that it is not as well kept as the other murals in this room. What would you like to do? Yeah, I'd like to examine that mural a little bit closer. Certainly. Uh, what would you like to, in what way would you like to examine it? What are you looking for? Mostly I'm looking for a sign of life, but right now this has caught my eye, and I'm assuming that- I mean, uh, you can still <laughs> look for a sign of life in the mural. <laughs> um, if there's any, if there's any sort of recent tampering with it, or has it just been completely left dusty? Without rolling anything, you can tell that when you put your hand to it, it comes away with like a fine coat of dust. I say, what is wrong with the people here? Don't even dust their houses. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So, I guess at this point I must have to turn back. Is there anything else in this room you would like to investigate? Any sort of... Oh. Could I look for a secret door, perhaps? Roll me an investigation, and I will tell you how long it takes you to find it. Excellent. That'll be an 18... Very nice. And 18, it takes you five to ten minutes turning around from the mural to sort of cast your gaze over each of the carved ivory figures. The hawk looks a little out of place. Pushing it away. Now, when you set your hand upon the hawk's head, it nods and comes back up. And you hear the of sand on stone as one of the murals moves to the side. Oh, I thank you. I don't have to move it myself. So what is behind this mural? When you look behind the mural, it's well lit, a lavishly decorated room. There's a wooden bed covered in silk hangings and uh, the the posts on the bed are plated in silver. The bed itself is covered in fabrics of all sorts of bright colors, and you can see in the corner a bath made of glazed brick, also dyed in wondrous colors. And yet no one here. No, there's somebody there. Oh, good. At a dark wood desk, you can see there is someone with their back to you, with a falcon's head as well. And their feathers bristle when they hear the door open. 
Would you like to maintain the invisibility? I wait to see how they respond to the noise. Hmm. All right. What happens is their shoulders stiffen, and the head comes up between the shoulders and looks around. And you can see these large avian eyes searching the room. And when they stand, you can tell it is a small child. Great. Without revealing myself, excuse me, young one. Do you know where the high judge is? And they will immediately open a drawer and begin reaching inside of it, but keeping their head face towards the door. Lives are at stake. I'm sorry I cannot reveal myself just yet, but I need to find the high judge. Are you an assassin? I am not. Well, then let's stop playing this game. Reveal yourself. You think this is a game? She pulls her hand out of the desk and fixes a large jeweled collar around her shoulders. And you can see her reach both arms to a stand, grab a large crown and place it on her small head. Excellent. Seeing that, Jericho reveals himself. Real cool of you to insult the high judge. (laughs) (laughs) It is good to meet you. How did you get down here? I walked. (laughs) And she'll giggle at that. It's a childish giggle. Well, they haven't let an assassin through in years. Sit with me. Tell me everything. I prefer to stand if you do not mind. Fine, fine. You're no fun. I have been sent here by Ilmata. There are souls at stake here in Mudar. Um, In particular, I am most focused on one club knucklebone. Do you know anything about this? Her face is perfect chiseled impassivity. She drums her fingers together. We know of it. It is under the protection of the House of Hatherite. Under the protection? Much of our revenue comes through there. Your revenue? You are being funded by them? The House of Hatherite, yes. Oh, okay, fair. And you are not at all concerned about their activities? We are not. We have eyes everywhere. There is nothing they do that we do not approve. That you do not approve. You choose your words. And that means you also know of a Madame Magdalene. Mag, 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 Magdalene. There we go. Let's say it away. Of course. She has done much for the city. A benefactor. We make the deals we must. High Judge, I do not believe that Ilmata would send me here without purpose. I feel that something terrible is about to befall the city. Of course you don't. Every person who comes here thinks that they are some manner of prophet. I do not think of myself as a prophet. And yet your mission is so important that you sneak into my personal chambers. I am a man of the people. Clearly. And if you can help me, then perhaps we can stop the misery upon Mudar. Misery? Is my city miserable to you? It seems like a very, very thin veneer over something a little bit more sinister. So you come here to insult me? I come here to warn you. Something else is coming. Something much worse than anything before. Do you have anything real for me? Only the word of Ilmata. Unlike Ilmata's prophet, I cannot take this on faith. I must have facts. 
to divine law. And will you act upon fact? If it so moves us. Very well. I will be back. I will get you your fact. And we will stop this together. And where will you be in the meantime? Taking up residence at Club Knucklebone. The Den of Sin. How mysterious. Where else am I to get your evidence? That is fair. I'm sure we will see you again one way or another. Don't come without a gift next time. This audience is concluded. I thank you for your time. I will leave you in peace. She gives a imperious wave of her fingers, unclasps her necklace, takes her crown off, and returns to her desk. All right. And I'm gonna walk on up in my fancy new robe. <laughs> you hear a, shut the door! Do I just tap the bird head or? She doesn't answer. When you tap the bird head, it slides the wall back into place. Oh, very good. Hurries out. You race back upstairs, back through the antechamber, through the entrance, to the main waiting hall. But try as you might, you cannot find your coffin. Is there anyone else around in the main room? This main room is filled with people. I start taking off the robe to find someone to hand the robe off to. Yeah. An attendant, uh, when you hand the robe off to an attendant, they sort of glance up at you, um, a young person with a calf's head. And, uh, oh, thank you? By the way, did you see a, uh, a coffin in here, perhaps? A coffin? Nobody, we, we have no need for coffins. Do you have a disposal room, or...? Oh, perhaps the incinerator. I don't know. I thank you for your time. Uh, I will be off. Uh, have a pleasant day. You as well. And they sort of wave and continue about their business. Elmata, please. It takes you about an hour to get back to Club Knucklebone. And I would like to just jump in real quick... At Club Knucklebone, Rapture, have you been showing Mercy and Vargas around? I wasn't sure what what we were doing with the uh, with the two children that were there. Honestly, they talk your ear off for about twenty minutes and then go back to their individual uh, work, uh, sweeping up the courtyard, picking up <laughs> trash. Clonk uh, does leave the silver tray with teacups on it. Um, you see there's no tea in the cups, but it was a good effort. Does it? Yeah, Rapture questions it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just want praise. <laughs> so I think uh, I think what Rapture does then is uh, she, she leaves Vargas uh, downstairs to be entertained um, because she would like to show... Um, Mercy upstairs and uh, have a private audience with um, Madame Magdalene. Is this the way to the kitchen? We have so many boxes and so many recipes to try. I'm like carrying my three stacks of Azure Pinafore <laughs> boxes. Uh, if the club has any help, I think Rapture will will uh, flag down the help uh, to to take the to take the parcels oh. and and just say oh you oh, yes you need to worry you. about that for now um i wanted you to now that you're all done up so so fancy and i didn't want an accident to befall you um let's let's have a chat with madame magdalene why don't we 
if I've had an accident before. Oh, well, I mean, you seem accident prone. I did make a promise. <laughs> I love it. You come through the entryway, through the main sitting area, where a couple of tieflings are entertaining guests. More tieflings. And it leads into the Grand Hall, a magnificently tiled floor flanked by two sweeping staircases that will ascend to the upper floor. And you can see that there are decorative ceramic busts of each of the tieflings that work in Club Knucklebone, including a particularly well-carved one in a, a place of honor of rapture. As you come upstairs, you can see where the sky is open here too with a skylight. That is, it seems to be a common feature in many of these homes in Mudar. And as you pass this grand staircase, Rapture, you know, Madame Magdalene will be in the garden. Well, if you'll come along this way, um, Madame Magdalene, she likes to take in the the greenery, if you will. Oh, you have a garden, too? Oh, it's so fancy here. It's so nice. And Mercy, just as they walk, is like ooing and eyeing at everything. She's got like her hands on either side of her face, just like looking all around her um, and is doing that thing where you just like point at and describe things like, oh, there's a, there's an opening in the ceiling. Oh, look at this piece of art. Um, and just doing that the whole time. Meanwhile, the help um, will also direct Vargas toward the baths, the little bathhouse, um, on their way to the kitchen. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. I know exactly what you like. <laughs> All right. As you go outside, you go into the garden, you see ferns, potted palms, orchids, exotic tropical flowers cultivated here and of course this spot is also open to the so the sky and surrounded by these red and yellow painted terrace you can see butterflies fluttering against the very top of the terrace far away and these streaming vines of brightly colored flowers and in the back in an apron and a rather glittery gown hanging off the shoulders with her long blue-black hair tied up strands of grey in front of her pointed ears an older woman rapture you know her as Madame Magdalene as they walk in uh, Mercy's continuing to babble and point things out and my master has a greenhouse back in Darkon, and she grows up plants like these too, even these uh, tropical plants. So I haven't seen one kite like these. And oh, look at these pretty green, uh, uh, green leaves. And <gasps> and then she sees Madame Magdalene, so shiny. <laughs> uh, Rapture just uh, sort of corrects Mercy and says, "You mean your your adopted ma? Maybe we can find your oh. your real ma." Really? You think so? I mean, my 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 family is, they, they are my family. They're the only ones I know, but I'd love to find my birth parents, especially if they have my sister. Perhaps we can help you with that, but um, 
you'll, oh you'll fit in quite nicely here <laughs> with, uh, with Madame Magdalene and you really appreciate all the things we've, uh, we've uh, accumulated here. And I think you've got quite the talent, but, um, let's give Madame Magdalene a, uh, let's have a chat with her and she'll, uh, she'll just sort of clear her throat as she approaches behind Madame Magdalene. I've, um, I brought a new friend. Hello. Madame Magdalene glances over her shoulder and flashes a wide smile with even teeth. Her skin has this blue-gray sheen to it, but other than that, she's rather beautiful. She tilts her head with high cheekbones. What is your name, dear? My name is... And I try to stand like Rapture is standing, very confident. My name is Mercy. Mercy Albrecht. And she sticks her hand out. My name is Madame Magdalene, but you can call me Maggie if you'd like. Oh, well, Maggie uh, is easier to say, so I guess I'll do that. It's nice to meet you, Maggie. It is a delight to meet you as well. How can we help you here at Club Knucklebone? And she pats next to her on this uh, wicker bench and uh, hands you a couple of cuttings of flowers. Do you mind clipping the thorns off of these for me? Yes, I used to help my mother uh, these the rose thorns. She sets a cheesecloth across your lap and hands you some pruning shears. Um, Mercy puts the pruning shears in her lap and just uses her like little claws on her little tiefling hands. And, like, like taps the thorns uh, off as she sits there. She watches, and there's something appreciative in her face. Well, my friends and I have been uh, adventuring. I guess we sort of got lost, and then we were in this place where everybody was sinking, and then we were on a boat, and now we're here, and we don't know how to get home, and I don't know, I guess... When I think about it, the whole reason I was adventuring in the first place was to find my sister. And Rapture says that maybe you can help me if you sat. My, my, you've had quite the adventure. She's a bit of a lost lamb. I would love nothing more than to help you find your family. Rapture, what do you suppose we can do for her? Well, um, according to Mercy, she was adopted at a at a very young age and swapped out with a the human family. Yes. Swapped? When I was a baby, I was swapped with a human baby, and my human parents tried to ritually sacrifice me. Um, they're part of the Eternal Order, um, so they tied me to a lightning rod, but I lived, so they raised me. And I'm so very grateful. It's quite, it's quite powerful as well. I think... Um, Perhaps uh, a little bit of that, that lightning courses through you, what I saw from, from the train. It's quite the talent. Uh, that's nice of you to call it a talent. It's not, it hasn't always been that way. My traveling companion, my friend, Vasily, um, met me at university where I learned to control it. And she built me a gauntlet as it helps me control it even more, but I don't have that anymore. Sometimes, though, I'm scared that my lightning will hurt people. Of course, of course. You must always keep the 
well-being of others at the forefront of your mind. We believe in that here. You do? Of course we do. I like it here very much. I am so glad we like you very much. I like you very much. Why don't you freshen up for dinner? And we can all have supper here tonight as a family. Are there any other friends of yours that I should be expecting? Yes, all of my friends will be here for dinner because they knew I was getting the Azure Pinafore box to make some meals. Um, my friend Vargis, he's here already. My friend Vasily, she will definitely be here for dinner. Uh, we just made up, so she wouldn't skip dinner. Um, then uh, there's my friend Constantina, um, who also loves Azure Pinafore. Uh, she will definitely 100% be here too. Um, also, our new friend, Jericho, will also definitely be here because I'm making dinner for everybody. Oh, fascinating. Why don't you sign their names into our guest book so that we can ensure that there's a place for them here? And then go freshen up. Okay, that seems reasonable. If you prefer, we have private baths. Oh, um... That sounds like such a luxury after traveling so much. I would love that. Of course, Rapture. Why don't you show her to her room and then come back and we can talk some more about how we can help her. That would be lovely. Come along, Mercy. Uh, she takes the flowers from you, Mercy. Mercy kind of... um uh, it takes a long time to kind of shuffle Mercy away because she brushes all the thorns off of her lap and then she's like trying to like pile them in like neat little rows on the bench where she was sitting um, to like largest thorns to littlest thorns. Um, and Rapture kind of has to drag her away. Yeah, Rapture's, Rapture basically says, oh, oh we, we've, uh, we've a person for that. You wouldn't want to take their job away. Oh, I mean, I guess not. Are they, are they good at that? I mean, oh, just, just this one more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump over to Vargas real quick. Vargas, are you in the public bath or the private bath? The walls of this chamber... And it's got many pillars in it. Uh, more marble, more carved, just elaborate, arabesque style. And the walls are about 20 feet high. Very expensive. Adorned with frescoes of bathing royalty. There's natural light that streams in through stained glass windows. And it creates colorful patterns on the tile. You can see polished blue marble covering the floor, and you see three shallow, sunken pools with perfumed water. Mm, sweet and spicy. White like, marble benches. Are there, like, flower petals, like, floating on the top of it, too? Like Vargas. You know there are. <laughs> I know there Jasmine are! Jasmine flowers. And you can see these steamy whirlpools. And hear laughter coming from a couple of the pools as incredibly attractive young people splash each other. They're so attractive. They are. Grecian, if you will. Grecian, if I will, and I will. I could I could bounce a platinum off of some ass, I'm just saying. Just right off into the wall. Doesn't matter. Was bringing you here a mistake? 
<laughs> was adding me to this entire adventure a mistake? Yes, but I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> you can see a pair of uh, brass faucets and spigots. Um, and you see this younger man reach over and turn the hot water. And he begins to pull a shirt up and over the head and steps into the water with linen breeches on. Looks up at you. Are you coming? Of course. Um, does Vargas feel like vaguely threatened by being told what to do? I can only... The answer is yes. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I can only ask you how Vargas feels. I'm not going to tell Vargas how he feels. Of course. Uh, Vargas will remove his new beautiful clothing. Uh, is there a place to put them? Like baskets or... Yeah. There are marble benches lined with uh, large fluffy towels. And so you... Uh, yeah, so I will... Um... Fold my clothing, because I mean, I'm not an animal, so I will force fold my clothing. Also, I wouldn't want Mercy to see um, me not folding my clothing. Bathing publicly, who cares? But like, we must fold the clothing. So I fold it very, in the way that she taught, I feel like she would at some point have had like some sort of demonstration, like the KonMari folding method, um, where she wears like really cute little lace gloves as she folds. Anyway. Um, it sparks joy, <laughs> the way that I fold these clothes. And then I very loosely wrap a towel around my waist. And what, you turn what the around, point was for, it doesn't, it, at this point, it doesn't matter. And you can see when you turn around, he's got his long arms fixing up these several feet long braids atop his head, brown skin, and both of his hands have six fingers on them. Okay, that's a little weird, but like, you know what? I've had weirder. He smiles with slightly pointed teeth. Okay. Okay. What's that meme of the woman who she's like... She's like... (laughs) Kombucha. (laughs) Kombucha. It's alcoholic tea. (laughs) I will, you know, just casually pick this bath over all of the other ones. Just casually walk this way, you know, just casually... I'll walk this way because I have been asked and I'm not one to turn down an invitation. I'm not rude. So I'm a gentleman. Of course. And when you get into the bath with him, you can see the steam start to fog up these little half moon glasses. And he says, do you intend to get this group bath filthy? You couldn't at least have wiped down before you got in? No. You too. (laughs) Just call. I know. I'm about to tell him my whole self here. Um, well, I guess if there are like, because these are like similar to like, like Roman baths or like Korean spas. So like the, it would be more like you like wash first before getting in, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like. Yes, and in fact, when you look around, you do see little basins of water for. Oh. Yes, I will. Rinsing yourself off. I will wash my dirty self. Dirty (laughs) boy. Do you need help with that? You're certain you've got it yourself? Mm. Um, I feel like this is not a real question. So I will motion. I'll say nothing and motion to, to the basin to ask for help. Okay. And he puts both hands 
on the marble outcropping of the pool and slowly lifts himself out of the steaming water. Let's see if I can help you with that. Don't move. We're gonna fade there. No! <laughs> I wasn't done yet! <laughs> Are you enjoying your time in the mist, you sorry soul? Follow the conspiracy at Mist Tales D&D on Twitter or visit TalesFromTheMists.com where you'll find our blog, a link to our Discord community, and other horrors. But wait, there's more terror. Add atmosphere to your Tales from the Mist time with a cup full of Lantern in the Mist's tea, blended by Friday afternoon tea. This green tea speaks of rolling mists with bright mineral essence. Green tea, flowers, and cool ginkgo come together to ease the mind while sparkling the spirit. Find Lantern in the Mist Tea at bit.ly slash lantern tea. Constantina, you held hands with a Vistana named... What was her name? Did I ask? You did not. <laughs> That's... That sounds about right. <laughs> I just took someone's hand, didn't even ask their name. Normal. Well, Your like dad was him. like, don't talk to strangers. Okay. As you're being led off by a stranger. Okay, dad. <laughs> just oh, taking my- a stranger's hand, you know. Not- she had pretty eyes, okay? And never smooch. <laughs> you smooch in here with your heart. <laughs> That's true. If you smooch in your heart, you smooch in real life. It's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you took this Vistana's hand and she begins leading you through the streets wide, bustling with people. And she tells you, the sun will be down any time now and soon the moon will rise and you will be in very real danger if you're left out. Are you, are you also like a... Do you also have lycanthropy? You know the eyes. Well, it's complicated here. Oh, okay. Um, um, hey, where are we going? Um, I thought I should like, leave a note for someone. Are we going anywhere? Do I do I know that the others are going to Club Knucklebone? Yes. Okay. It would have been communicated to the whole group before going shopping. I assume. I make an executive decision. <laughs> That's fair. We, I mean, I was with Vaseline. Vargas and we were chatting and stuff. Um, are we going anywhere near Club Knucklebone where I could like maybe leave a note or something? I just, if I, you know, go off on my own? No, I'm afraid it's rather not not terribly on the way. Okay. Um, maybe, I don't know, I'll, f- I'll figure something out. Hey, uh, what's your name? Ursula. That sounds familiar. Maybe I did ask. I don't know. You did not. Maybe it, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just from talking afterward. Um, uh, well, it's uh, nice to meet you. Uh, thank you for looking out for me. Um, I'm a little freaked out. Should I be scared? I don't really know what to expect. I mean, I've like, you know, I, I like look around and try to lower my voice. You know, I've like, I've changed and shifted before, but I don't know how this is. It seems like this is different. Is it going to be bad? Oh, no, no. It it is only scary when you don't have anyone to do it with. I don't. I I really don't want to hurt anybody. I'm very worried that I will like accidentally hurt someone. You know. Of course. Uh, 
you know, but there are many of us who have gone through the exact same thing, and we will take care of you. Can I insight check? <laughs> you absolutely can. Okay, that, that, that's pretty Ooh, good. That was a 19 plus 8. So, <laughs> Ursula rolled an 8 on deception. <laughs> How can you tell she's lying? It's like in the way that she's holding my hand, it's like this weird insistence of like, like she's kind of like dragging me with her hand rather than like, I don't know, like it almost like hurts a little bit. It doesn't necessarily feel like protective or like kind. It's like she's like yanking me along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is yanking you along. And there's something about the area that you're at. It's starting to have fewer and fewer people. You're moving towards the east of the city. You haven't seen almost any shops anymore. You're well out of the market district. It's not slummy here. Everything is lovely, but you're moving through residential neighborhoods and now getting to where you recognize that this is getting to the edge of town. And that could line up with what she's saying, that you need to get to the edge of town to be away from people. But for some reason, you don't think it does. And what's more, you can hear a a distant sound. And she, you must be parched. Would you like something to drink? I I really don't think I should just... I should leave without telling somebody where I am. Well, you'll see them tomorrow. It'll be fine. I don't know. I mean, my friend has some, you know, potions that have helped me before. I feel like maybe she should be here with me too tonight, you know? Uh, do you, where is Club Knucklebone? Maybe, do you mind maybe? Club Knucklebone is, is rather far to the west. It would take the rest of the day to get there and the moon would have risen by now, by the time you reach there. Does it? I mean, it does seem like it is dusk, right? Yeah, it's it's getting on there. You, I would say about four thirty-five p.m. Four thirty-two five p.m. Do I know if my lovely werejackal stuff takes effect as soon as the moon is visible, or is it like at midnight? You have no way of knowing that. Okay. <laughs> Willie said, "Like a nope" <laughs> in the chat, which is a very <laughs> good phrase. Um, uh, I'm going to try to like wrench my hand out of hers. And you do. You pull your hand out of her out of her grasp and she she looks surprised at that. Constantina, I don't understand. Look, I know that you're like trying to help me, but I just Of course I'm trying to help you. I just don't feel good about going off on my, my own without anyone knowing where I am. It's really important to me to go let them know. If we go fast, maybe we can get there in time and then we can go find somewhere safe, you know, for the night. Do you not trust me? I don't know. I mean, I don't really know you. How can you trust non-Vistana over somebody who's your own kind? Well, I trust anyone who I think has a good heart and good intentions. And I just, I don't know. Has that worked out for you? Well, you know, not trusting might be a good idea. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm sorry that you're the first person who has to kind of, you know, bear the brunt of this, but... I just, I don't know, something just doesn't feel right. So you have a a bad feeling about me, and so you put all your friends in danger. That doesn't (sighs) seem very responsible. I'm trying to be responsible by letting them know where I am, because I think that they will be worried. Also, I have a friend, she's been able to help me before. You know, she's made me some potions that seem to kind of, you know, help a little bit, and I feel like she would probably 
want to help me with this, or at least be there. She's trying to help me, you know, find a way to manage all this. Okay. No, it's fine. Uh, You clearly have this all under control, and nothing terrible will happen. (sighs) Don't do this. Help. I'm not doing anything, Constantina. It's all you. You seem to know me better than I know you. How do you know who I am? Everyone knows you, Constantina. Well, yeah, I get that a lot, but I don't know why. Perhaps it is just your fate. Hmm. That does trip Constantina up a little bit, the use of the word fate. I don't know if I can, like, insight check again. I guess I I'm will ca- allow it. And do it with advantage. Ooh, yeah. I'm rewarded for making a good character choice for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically, like, what Constantine is trying to discern is if this has anything to do with being the oracle of fate, and if that's, like, that word usage was, like, very intentional. Okay, so 16 plus 8. 24. It was intentional. But with a 24, you don't think it has to do with the oracle. It was just very intentional. Does it seem like a threat? It seems like a dig. Oh, okay. It seems like a very pointed, this is how much I know about you. Dig. Oh, no. All right. Are there other people where you're taking me or is it just us? Is this like a place where you live? Is this? Are we going to your house? I don't even know where we're going. Well, if you're not willing to trust me, I guess it doesn't matter, does it? Well, it does matter because I'm trying to make an educated decision here, okay? You're kind of like holding this traumatic experience against me. I tell you what, you go that way, I'll go this way. And when you actually want help from somebody who understands you in a way that nobody else could, come find me. With a 24 insight, Ursula's demeanor has completely changed. Okay. It is more... With a 24 insight, it is more masculine. Hmm. Okay. Like other weird encounters I've had? Like other weird encounters you've had. Oh, heck. Okay. Who's looking for me? Um, all right. That is definitely going to be a red flag. So I'm going to... For a second. All right. I'm going to go meet up with my friends. Uh, Ursula will turn on her heel and march away. And so will Constantina. So would I. (laughs) (laughs) Although I I don't know where I am now. (laughs) So Yeah. uh, Roll me a survival so we can decide how long it takes you to get back to the Club Knucklebone. Okay. I do have a proficiency in survival, so maybe this won't be awful. That is a... Uh, 18? 18, maybe an hour. You don't really know these streets. You weren't paying a lot of attention, but it's not hard to find the market. There are signs everywhere. Even if you can't really read Infernal, there are all sorts of languages listed um, listed below them. And Vistani is one of them. So it once you get towards the market district, it's very easy to find Club Knucklebone after that. It takes about an hour. Brisk walking. I've got to bust through the door of Club Knucklebone. <laughs> I'm like a little panicked right now. Now, granted, it takes an hour, and you know just from an internal clock, it was close to maybe five-ish in the afternoon, but that silver sun and the blue sky are intact. There's no setting sun, not in Mudar. The sun never sets in Mudar. But do I feel... You do feel the transformation. 
but you don't see a moon. Oh no. Okay. Is there anyone in the like lobby of the club or anything? There are a few people milling about. You see a couple of tieflings, most of them in elaborate hairstyles and perfume lingering on their bare shoulders and bare midriffs, uh, draped in all manner of brightly colored silks. This is a bardic haven. It reminds you in several ways of the masked melody, the Elpium Den. You can hear the sound of a carefully picked instrument, strings, and perhaps a a key that you're not entirely familiar with, but it is soothing nonetheless. And some of the help will say, oh, you must be, you you are, you are Constantina the the Vistani, you are Mercy's friend, that is right? Yes, I am. They will, they will guide you towards the baths and would would you like? (laughs) This place is really nice. And yes, I would love a bath, but I think, um, is there like a dungeon or somewhere in here, like a place Uh, where you could just like, (laughs) I look, I I know, it sounds, I know. It's, they look scandalized. It sounds, it's, I, it's because you need to, uh, like, we need to put me we somewhere. Don't, we like, don't have you for the dungeon special. We only have you for the guest rooms. Oh, um, look, I will be willing to, like, pay for any room it's that very, is, like, secluded. It, it's very expensive, and we would have to, we will have to cancel a few of the appointments, but I suppose we could put you in dungeon four. Oh. As long as there's it's like just a Vargas is in every appointment. <laughs> Vargas, Vargas has all four dungeons booked up. <laughs> yes. I just do you um, do you require restraint? Uh, yeah, but okay, not <laughs> maybe another time. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, maybe that would come in handy. But I really just listen. I'm being serious. I need to have a place where I can be secluded for the night where I can't hurt anybody. I'm a little sick, you know, and I don't want to, like, you know, spread it around. So I feel like I just need to be, like, you know, put in the room and just, like, left to my own devices just for the night. And I'll I'll pay with what I, whatever I can. One moment, we will have something set up for you, and you see them scurry off to another helper, and you can overhear the words quarantine fantasy, and then they come back, and they're, <laughs> we will make sure everything is set up for you. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, will you require extra masks, or? Uh, um, uh, no, I don't think so. But w- would you do me a huge favor and let yes. my friend Mercy know uh, that oh, I am here? Yes, and uh, after your bath, we will probably serve dinner uh, right around sundown. <sighs> okay, I might miss dinner. I'm sure I will be hungry later, but I, um, if you could tell Mercy that I, um, I will be disposed for the night. Okay, well, we will have uh, leftovers sent to your um, insert box. <sighs> that sounds great. And uh when you when you leave, if you your pa- what's your passive uh perception? My passive perception is a fifteen. That's enough to see like a really like concerned side eye between the two of them. It's just like Oh, okay. Dinner time. Mercy. Several people who uh work there did come into the kitchen while you were cooking to let you know that your friend Constantina and Jericho also had made it. Jericho, the tieflings are incredibly friendly when you arrive. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> Thank you. I can 
I can walk with myself. Thank you very you much. You smell divine. What is what is that? What is like a an aura of inherent goodness? Uh, now sweat? we have you written down for Rapture's room. Is that correct? For Rapture. Right? Yes. Sure. Excellent. Ship. <laughs> I bullied guests into my ship. <laughs> this is like my favorite trope of like there's one hotel room left and only yeah. one bed. Yeah, there's one hotel room left. There's yeah. only one bed, and also the person who's like assigned to the hotel room is the hotel manager. <laughs> is there some place where I can wash my hands? Of course, and there is that. There is public bath, but of course, Rapture has a private bath. Uh, I don't know if she's using it right now, but that's public probably not bath, a problem. Oh, public, okay. Sure. <laughs> and yeah, they get you set up for dinner. Mercy. What are you making for dinner? I have three Azure Pinafore boxes. Yes. The first one is a soup. It is like, I don't know, a hellish version of a pozole. Um, so she's got that steaming and bubbling. The second are these stuffed buns, but there's really cute instructions to make them look like little turtles. And she's in the middle of making those when they come and tell her, and they're like perfect because it's mercy. She's taking a lot of time on each one. And they come and tell her that Constantina can't come and the turtles after that one start to look sad and slightly (laughs) sloppy. (laughs) Sad, sloppy turtles. Um, and the third one, I didn't think about that hard, so I actually don't know what the third one is. What was the terrible concoction we talked about last week? <laughs> it was it like jello? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, the third one could be like a jello salad. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a jello salad that was made of um, bologna and uh, pickle relish. Ew, right. gross. Mine's not that gross. <laughs> a better version what else of are you that. Putting in there? Yeah, uh, I imagine that the Azure Pinafore um, hostess, whenever you got in there, was like, oh, yes, this one is a mudard delicacy. Sure to wow your friends at the dinner party. So those are the three things that Mercy prepares. All right. And uh, Madame Magdalene has them augment uh, an additional dish to go on the table for dessert. It is under a silver cover. Is that so, TK? It is so. (laughs) Because this is hell and I am God here. (laughs) (laughs) And you all sit down at this elaborate table. Vargas, um, when you enter the room, the man with the long braids and six fingers pulls out a chair and looks at you pointedly. Of course I sit. Saying nothing. I just sit. Because I'm not and rude. He, and this He is reaches over your shoulder and arranges your silverware for you. And then sits beside you on your left side. Sets a hand on your leg. Cool. Mercy sees the silverware thing and uh She's like, oh, good, we're doing that here. And she just starts rearranging everyone's silverware around her. Straightening things. Vargas, your dinner guest's name is Marius. Rip and peace me. (laughs) Did you pick that name on purpose? (laughs) I did. I hate you. I know. 
Can't wait to see you in hell when I die, TK. I'll be waiting for you. Because I'm definitely going first. So I know. To be honest. Yeah, you eat a lot of chicken nuggets. I super do. And I had maybe nine to twelve mini tacos from Costco for dinner today, so <laughs> I oh did stop God. counting after nine, but there were more than nine. You are absolutely going to die. So, we begin with the appetizer, your soup, Mercy. And Madame Magdalene asks you to sit on her right hand while Rapture sits on her left. And she leans upon the table and she says, Rapture told me about your family and your sister. And I think that we may have just the person to help you. She used to be employed by me here, but no longer. Her name is Nayeri, and she is a seer of the past and the future. There might be a small favor you could do for me to procure her services, but... Oh, if you think that she could help me find my family and my sister for my parents, I would do anything. Of course. Of course you would. Anyone would. That's what I like about you. I can tell you have good intentions. I could just eat those up. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, if you're friends, so really I would do anything anyway, but I would like to meet Nayeri. Of course, of course. I will arrange it. In return, Nayeri has spoken to me and made me aware that the High Judge will want to speak to you soon. The High Judge? Who's that? And she turns to Jericho and she says, I believe our other guest can inform you quite thoroughly. A very powerful figure here in Mudar. I had the pleasure. Ooh. Are they the ruler here? They work out of the local church. But it seems like they have uh, a bit of connection to the city at large. Oh. Does not break eye contact with uh, Magdalene. Well, I don't know why they would want to talk to me. <laughs> Rapture, uh, Rapture puts her arm. She's sitting next to Jericho. She just puts her arm on the back of his seat and just casually leans over to him and looks past him. She, um, she made sure that there was an empty seat next to him. And she says, I noticed that you're... You're light on your burden. Left a seat here for it. I do appreciate it, but it seems that uh, my work will not be concluding any time soon. So, it had to be left behind for the time being. Well, I suppose you've got time for leisure, then. We'll see. <laughs> Rye smile. <laughs> Magdalene also smiles, and she turns to Mercy. Whatever reason she could have for inviting you, it would mean... So very much to me if you would agree. Perhaps find me a souvenir. A souvenir? You'll understand what I mean when the time comes. Oh. Well, I feel like it would help if you clarified. But if you also don't want to, I will not push your boundaries. Of course. That's what I like about you, Mercy. So amenable. So trusting. It is a good quality. Oh, a good quality, thank you. And she uh, starts to drink her soup. Vargas, you've hardly touched your food. Vargas will... It's a soup course, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but also 
just FYI, she's a tiefling who's making a spicy soup, so it's probably real hot. <laughs> yeah, roll me in constitution if you did. <laughs> Which is, I mean, Delicious. first of all, we're gonna fail it because I feel like this, like, drower, essentially the white people of food, <laughs> I don't know what they could possibly eat. They live underground. It's all boiled mushrooms. Mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> boiled abyssal chicken. It's just... It's so boiled, and he wears Crocs in the house. Uh, so I got a four plus. Is it a saving throw or just? It's a saving throw. So yeah. So it's, it's a, a six. It's a hot as hell. Okay. Yeah, I could have gotten a twenty, your- and it still would have been like this ketchup is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this feels like a lot of pepperonis. Like, <laughs> I mean, he spent like how, like what at least five years in Darkon. It's Victorian England. They he doesn't he's never met a spice. He doesn't understand. Pumpkin spice latte is as hot as it gets for this boy. Mm-hmm. It's the only time he seasons his food. From September to October, that's it. <laughs> yeah, when you start coughing from like the spice hitting the back of your throat, um, Marius will like reach a very like large hand over and sort of like a stroke between your shoulder blades for a minute. Is there any like water? <laughs> no, damn it. Water is yeah. There's water. Them. Of oh. course, there is. It's it's wine. They have like spiced wine and stuff. Is the wine spicy too? Uh, depends on what you think of spicy. Is clove spicy? No. Then no. It's like a mold wine with cinnamon and clove in I it. Will, I will try and take a dainty sip. And as you start finishing up dinner, start coming to the dessert course, um, Madame Magdalene will trail along the side of the table, now outside of her gardener's apron, just in this off-the-shoulder glittery gown with tight sleeves and long rows of buttons on the other side. And she grips the silver case and pulls it, and there's this gelatinous mold with rather interesting red shapes inside. Interesting how? (laughs) Interesting in that they don't really have a shape. They're just sort of amorphous blobs. Like a lava limb. <laughs> I was going to ask if my finger was in there, but then I remembered Vosley has it. So no. <laughs> Can't believe Vosley's m- missing out on this gory jello mold. <laughs> um, it's so beautiful. What is it? Oh, this is a old family recipe. There's a little sprig of mint to go with yours, and she begins dishing out. Oh, I'm so full, but I don't want to be rude, and I definitely want to try uh, the things you made. I will have just a little bit. Everybody with a perception that's higher than, like, five can smell, like, the spicy metallic scent of blood. Mercy, like, tries to take a piece of whatever the blobs are suspended in, not mm-hmm. the b- blood the gelatin. itself. gelatin. Yeah, just take a little piece of jello on, like, her tiny dessert spoon and just, like... <laughs> have a no-thank-you bite? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I will have a no-thank-you bite. <laughs> you bite into this gelatin and it melts in the mouth and coats your tongue with the... Stingy copper 
of blood. It's warm. This is slightly gross for Mercy, but I feel like in her her uh, fervor of ritual sacrifices uh, that she's experienced worse by accident. It's warm as it coats your throat, and it feels as though there is much more than the bite that you took. And oh, you can crazy. feel <laughs> you can feel this strange sensation behind your eyes. Behind my eyes. Sort of a a sunspot looking into a bright light for too long. A fatigue. Oh, it's so good. It has like this aftertaste in my eyeballs. And uh Magdalene will tell you, yes, that's the allspice. Yes. So I was definitely like trying to Google what like blood pudding is made out of, and I don't. This isn't that, right? No, of course not. (laughs) Is it? Have you had any Vardis? It's so good. Is it it good? You said behind your eyes? (laughs) Yes, over here. I can feel it. The allspice. Where does your allspice come from again? <laughs> I want to taste this now. Do I need to roll a constitution again for this? You don't. Okay. I'm, I will also do a tiny no thank you bite. Because also don't Google image search blood pudding. Just don't. <laughs> when, when you take your tiny no thank you bite, you see Marius has carved off a large chunk and has filled his soup spoon with it. And daintily wipes the corners of his mouth. I still take the no thank you bite, but I will do a slightly bigger one. (laughs) You have a similar sensation to what Mercy does. There's that metallic sting of blood, but then something fragrant, like flowers against the back of your tongue. You can feel a full body shiver up your spine. Marius smiles at you and his fangs are stained red. Okay, well, like I as a person, I deal do not like Jello because the texture is horrible from one of the seven hells. But I, from what I'm looking at, and I don't know, why I'm still looking at it with my own two Christian eyes. Um, blood, like actual blood pudding, is more like a like a sponge cake. So I'm assuming that's not this. If it's Jello, that is not this. Well, it's bad. I'm like, really <laughs> Doesn't matter what you put in Jello, really. It's pretty horrible. Have you seen? Um, there's a recipe. Don't worry, I'll I'll show you this hate crime later. But there is definitely an aspic uh, gelatin that has hot dog slices in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aww, are we this is a form of aspic more than it is Jello. Oh, one more question. I don't know if you clarified. I didn't catch it, but is it in the shape of anything fun or just just a ring? Hedgehog. Oh, okay, that changes it a little bit. Okay. Um, I hate it less. (laughs) You'll especially like it because as she slices into it, the inside is anatomically correct. So there's all kinds of like... He gotta go fast into my tummy. Yeah. You slice in and you can see where there was an attempt to reassemble organs. Oh, neat. Anybody else trying? Or is dinner over? I appreciate your hospitality. I must uh, refrain. Of course, a man of God. Religious reasons, you understand. Ooh, one more, one more question. 
Am I able to tell what kind of blood it's made out of? Take another bite, and we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I will... I will... I I mean, Marius used a soup spoon. Don't know where he was raised, but I... I will take a bigger bite to see if it, like, I can tell... I want to know more about this pudding. Or this Mercy's jello. looking across the table at Vargas like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, you're trying to tell, like, the origin of the blood? Or, like, what kind of animal? Or Yeah, like, is, is it human blood? Or, like, humanoid blood, rather? Let me an investigation. But use your constitution modifier. Okay. For smell and everything. Okay, so that's 16. 16. You don't think it's humanoid. Cool. But there oh, is... but! <laughs> you know, I've always been told that if you say you something... You like a tooth chip whenever you bite down on something sharp and hard. Can I daintily, like, take my napkin and, like, put it into it? And when you spit it into your napkin, you see that it's a tooth. Not one of your teeth. Oh, oh, cool, cool. Uh, how far away is Mercy sitting from me? Like, she's her her face is doing what my face is doing, which is looking like really like grossed out, but then also like occasionally catching herself and like kind of like look side eyeing over at Maggie uh, to see if she sees that I was grossed out. I'm just she's staring at Vargas. Yeah, where like where in relation yeah. are you across? Like, I feel like I'm diagonally across from you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, head of the table. So I can't. I wouldn't be able to. The like, rest reach of the tieflings the- that work there, unless Mark, unless Rapture is not part of it, are all digging in. Am I able in in any way to like reach Mercy or no? <laughs> no, it's a long rectangular table, so you would so. have to reach across both Jericho and Rapture to get to Mercy. Mercy sees Vargas has something in his napkin, though, and she's just mouthing, like, what is that? <laughs> she's just like, what? What? As Vargas is, like, pointing at his teeth. Why don't I have the message spell? Damn it! <laughs> and uh, you hear you hear a, a little shrill, ah, I got the knuckle bone. And then the rest of the tieflings cheer. <laughs> yeah, wonderful, wonderful bone. Yeah. While everybody's cheering, like I will try cake. and like toss my balled up napkin to Mercy with the tooth in it. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, <laughs> Toby. Uh, you you give me athletics, and I guess Mercy give me acrobatics to catch it. I am not trying to catch it. I want it to cool. land on my dessert plate. All right, or athletics to make the dessert. Thirteen. Um, yeah, that's fine. It it lands <laughs> very daintily and doesn't open up on the dessert plate. I had to roll a difficulty thing real quick. I was like, man, I don't know how difficult that'd be. Oh no, mine is ruined. That's okay. I'm full anyway. And then I'm gonna like kind of just tap, tap the napkin open with like the very edge of my claw. Rapture says, I thought you were a gentleman. Where were you raised? <laughs> Magdalene will, you know, smile and she was clapping and cheering <laughs> with the rest of the tieflings. And she'll, if you're ready, we can meet Nayeri. Um, do I see, see the, the tooth in the tissue? <laughs> when I open it? When you open it? Yeah, of course. Can I tell what type of tooth it is? 
Uh, also, I look up in horror at Vargas. Give me, give me a perception roll. Okay, my cat is in my dice tray right now. So give me <laughs> it's a, a very small tooth, so it could be easily mistaken. I just rolled for a something. d six. My bad. <laughs> I mean, thirteen. Ooh, a thirteen. Uh, it's a really small tooth. Um, there's no fang on it. Okay. Um, uh, does it look it like, could, is it like flat, like a molar or pointy? It, it's flat like a molar. Okay. It could be like a ch- child's tooth. Great. Okay. Or a halfling's tooth. That's not. <laughs> it's a, it's a tooth from a small skull, we'll say. Great. Okay. Mercy's <sighs> going to quickly prestigitate it. Um, and, uh, slip it into her, like, purse or pocket or whatever she would have on her that carries things. Um, and gives one last, like, what? Look at Vargas and says, Niari, yes! Uh, yes, I'm so full, no more space for the pudding. Uh, I will say, with the two of you just glancing, or the three of you glancing over other people's plates and stuff, you'll see that there are, like, lots of, like, fingernails, knuckle bones, um... <laughs> just <laughs> small like flanges just small like bits and pieces apparently the large knuckle bone is like the prize in the pudding whereas these are like less so so it's it doesn't feel sinister just from the the i wouldn't say it doesn't feel sinister nobody is acting as though it's strange okay yeah because it's pudding full of bones tk <laughs> blood and bones been, I've been looking at a lot of 70s dinner party. <laughs> it is exactly like the baby in the king cake, yes. Which I love, by the way. Me too. Oh my Choking God. hazard. Magdalene mm. will begin to lead you out of the room. She'll look back at Rapture and, Rapture, would you like to join us? Or will you be occupied this evening? Well, I, um, I suppose if, uh, if you'd prefer to, for me to, con- uh, come with um i shall otherwise um i may take the evening off and she looks over at jericho yeah she looks from you to jericho to mercy and says enjoy your evening rapture we'll see you in the morning and uh she begins to lead mercy upstairs mercy the rooms up here are tightly kept most of them with locked doors and just judging from this building, you wouldn't think there was an attic. But there is. She goes through her master bedroom, lavishly decorated. It's a large suite with a, a private bath, and it's a large, opulent room. You can feel a, a breeze coming in through these lattice-covered windows, and you see all these potted tropical plants moving in the wind. The headboard of this bed is carved in motifs of ibises. In the center are two forms embracing. There are a few connected rooms that she leads you through before she pulls down a handle with some stairs attached and motions upward. Before she lets you go up the ladder, she reaches over to a small table. She says, a gesture of good faith. I know that you will not disappoint me, Mercy. And she hands you a silver gauntlet. How did you know? 
Rapture told me of your fears on the train. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I was so scared I would hurt my friends. Um, and she's going to, like, leap and hug Maggie. Her hug back is hesitant, but tight. And as you slip this on, it is a, uh, a chain device, almost five rings connected to a bracelet. But you feel a thrum of power. Feels different. You could do anything with this gauntlet. Magic. You feel like you could lift a man out of his chair if you needed to. Add a gauntlet of ogre strength to your character sheet. My girl is strong. And uh, Magdalene will say, I had this specially made for you today, and I know that you won't disappoint me. Oh, this is souvenir. Uh, yes, I will help you. Um, of course. Of course. I would be devastated otherwise. Oh, well, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Um, but I will try my best. I know that you will rise to the occasion, Mercy. And she motions towards the stairs. Thank you. Yari, I'm coming up. And I start marching up the stairs. You march up to the stairs into this empty room. Dark. Dim. But not gloomy. It's warm up here. There's a woman sprawled across a divan. She taps a long cigarette. One, two, three. Against a marble table forms a pile of ash. Takes a long drag. Ahem. Blows a cloud of yellow smoke into the air. Like a dragon. Ooh. Ooh. Sit down, I ain't got oh. all day. Oh, yes. okay. Um, if there's an obvious chair to sit in, uh, Mercy prestidigitates it and then sits in it. There's a, yeah, there are a collection of pillows on a carpeted floor, and she hauls herself off and squats down onto a pile of pillows herself, and she leans forward with liver-spotted arms. You can see she's got cracked and crooked horns and a tangle of hair on her head. The same gray-blue cast to her skin as Magdalene. And she leans forward and (laughs) another cloud of smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rapture and and Maggie, they said that you could help me? They tell everybody that. (sighs) Who are you? Uh, My name is Mercy. Mercy Albrecht. I don't know that. Oh. Let me see your hands and she'll take her cigarette and stamp it out into the grind it with one long cracked nail into the table um hands mercy uh holds out her hands and then she tries to press digitate and she's like oh oh, you're just going to take okay all right make a dexterity saving throw just kidding. No. <laughs> oh, no. Just like I was just trying to see if you remembered hand. from last week. <laughs> well, I would have gotten a slap because I rolled a five. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and she, she curls these long spider nails around and she's tilts your hands every which way, pulls one arm up and swings it around. Pulls it oh. along your from your socket, just like oh. tugs it. Ah, 
And then, well, these are probably the most boring palms I've ever seen. Oh, I I keep some very clean. Mm. Why are you here? Well, I was adopted. Uh, Unvealingly, I was fought with a human baby, and I'm looking for my family, my parents, but really, I want to know where my sister is. It's a human baby. Swap. Family name again? Albrecht. Uh, My sister's name was Edie. Where at? In Darkon. Roll me a perception. Or an insight. Either one is good. They're the same. 16. You see a flash of recognition cross her face, but it's gone in a moment. Can't help you. What? But Mercy has been traveling for so long, looking for someone who could help. And she was filled with so much hope, meaning Rapture and Maggie and them saying they could help that um, she didn't even consider for a second that this could be a possibility. And she, her eyes immediately start swelling with tears. And they said you could help. And I, I, I went to the place we see singing and then the boat and now I'm here. And the whole point was to find Edie. <laughs> um, Shake my hand again. Please, just try again. She drops her hands and lights another cigarette. I want you to roll me a persuasion. Okay. And because you know that she recognizes you, roll it with advantage because you're essentially guilt-tripping her. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this is going to be pretty high. I rolled a 19. Uh, 23. She's going to... Be real stubborn for a second. Let me roll for her. <laughs> she rolled a nat one. Um, and she takes a much slower drag of her cigarette. And a cloud of yellow comes out the nose in two long strings. What do you want? What do I want? I want, I want to make my parents happy. I want to give some E.D. back. You want a happy family. You want. Your new parents, your old parents. You want your sister. Yes, that sounds wonderful. What are you willing to sacrifice? What? What do you mean? We can want all day. What do you give? Are you, you saying if I give you something that you can help me, Zan? Not me. You want to know them, or you want to see them? I. You can't have both. Oh. I, well, I suppose if I see Sam and I don't know it's Sam's and they're just strangers in a, in a crowd, maybe I've seen Sam already. I want to know Sam, Sam. And if I know Sam, my parents, then I can find Edie for my mustard foster. If you know Edie, you can't see her. What do you mean? Sacrifice doesn't mean anything unless you give something precious up. Okay. I don't adventure alone anymore. I have friends. Real friends who've been there for me um, through terrible things. They will help me. Having being able to see and find my my parents and E.T. That's a problem for tomorrow, Mercy. I will... I want to know Sam. 
canary leans forward on the table and she's this if she had not rolled a one you would not know this you don't you don't want to find them that that way lies heartbreak if it was me i'd say give it up i can't do that fighting fate that's a losing battle and sooner or later this will consume you but i made a promise some promises aren't worth keeping if you break a promise to fate it'll break you can you tell me who they are or not she takes one last drag <sighs> your dad is the type of man who ain't hardly a man travels high and low he wasn't born here not like you not like your mother and he's dying to get back. Hoping with every offspring it gets him closer to freedom. I hear he's still trying. That gentleman caller. Your mama was a fine, fine woman. <sighs> Young. Brazen. Brave. Not ready for the responsibility being a Vistana matron would bring. She's a good girl. Good clan. Help me out once. Know her? You know her too. When her husband Victor found out she had to put you somewhere safe. I helped her back. Sorry, Victor? Some doctor up north. I, I only know Van Victor. You only need to. It's the only one worth knowing. But, uh, but Victor is married to Elise Mortenheim. Yep, Elise. Afshalomov. Afshalomov. It's a better name. Your dad always did like those Avshalomovs. I... But... But my friend said I'm traveling VCs. And... But I've met her. Puts a hand out for you. Put your hand into. She doesn't even try to prestigitate this time. She closes those creaking knuckles around your hand. And you see it all in a flash of light, so brilliant, so fast. Oh, this beautiful black-haired woman with slightly tanned skin singing in the forest, dancing as a gentleman caller with brown hair and gold eyes comes up to her. And they spin under the moonlight. You see her in a veil, not even showing. Happiest day of her life getting married in Lamordia, walking down the steps to her new mansion with her husband. Oh, beautiful woman, but her husband's anger, her husband's rage. Oh, it wasn't going to be safe for her daughter, was it? Not if he knew. You see Nairi in a cloak and hood and standing outside the stormy streets of Darkon. And she's walking away with a human baby. 
And she lets go of your hand. She gasps and grabs the edge of the table. You can hear a rattling wheeze deep in her chest. She lights up another cigarette, takes a deep, deep drag. (sighs) Now you know. Where did you take her? Where's... Where's Edie? Uh, I took Edie to a place she could be protected. She's a freedom fighter now. Killed Stark Lords. <sighs> Got herself a little outfit. In the lingering vision behind your eyes, you know that the woman in the mask and the red curl is Edie. If you pulled that wanted poster out, you'd know it deep in your heart. I don't know what any of these means. I don't know if I want to know anymore. It's too late. Can you take it back? Her other hand has been resting on yours. When she pulls away, you see a ring. And in the center of this ring is a circular dome of stained glass. It's paid. Don't break the deal. I did my part. You can't take it back, son. You're the one who fought fate. Oh, Mercy just gets up and kind of walks, um, confused, in a stupor, over to the top of the stairs. And just kind of turns around, takes one last look at Nayari, um, and sort of like a weak voice just says, Thank you. And goes down the stairs. When you took that look over your shoulder to thank Nayari, you saw an empty room filled with dust and cobwebs and the stale scent of cigarette smoke. Magdalene waits at the bottom of the stairs and she smiles wide. You must be exhausted. It's time to go to bed, little one. I am exhausted. It's time for bed. And sweet dreams. Dreams. And she leads you to your room. Constantina, where did they put you? I like to think, how many stories are there in this building? There are two stories that you know of. I think that they probably kept me on, like, the lower floor. Um, and per my request, like, lead me down a hallway where there's various chambers. And... Yeah, take me to one that possibly has some restraints. Yeah, they take you to one. It, it it sort of has restraints. There are no windows and they lock you in. Uh, the restraints are rather... <laughs> they're like fuzzy. <laughs> yes, there's a... Um, they're like silk. <laughs> y- you, doubt, you doubt the efficiency. Yeah. We'll just say that. But you cannot doubt the pull of the moon deep in your chest. And even when you lay down and night takes you, you can't doubt it. And you all eventually, eventually get to sleep. And I would like for everybody to roll me a very quick... We'll go with a wisdom saving throw. Real quick, like, right before I would have, like, fully succumbed Mm -hmm. to this, can I, like, cast message... Trying to reach out for Vasily. 
100%. I don't know where she is, but I basically am just like putting out a call for help. Like you, you put out that call, but you don't hear anything back. Saving throw. Oh, 14. I got an eighteen. So it's a guy. Okay. What about everyone else? Sixteen. Sixteen. Fourteen. Thirteen. Thirteen. Everybody who got above a fifteen in the middle of the night feels a crackle of magical electricity. And here's a buzz and a whine. Something is different. And when you go to the window, with the exception of Constantina, you look out and you see a shimmer in the distance surrounding Smudar. Is that blue sky with the silver sun comes red as blood with a full moon black as sackcloth. With an 18, Mercy hears the distant sound of a snarl and a scream. Splintering wood. Shattered tiles. Do I recognize the scream? It is outside the building. You can hear general unrest. But all of the curtains have been drawn to keep out the light because the sun never sets in Mudar. When the red sun rises, it shines into the barred window of a jail cell. This is where Constantine awakes in tattered clothing covered in blood. This is where our episode ends. You survived? How surprising. You must be a Mistwalker after all. Join our ranks at MistTalesDD on Twitter or visit TalesFromTheMist.com. Till next week, sleep well, Mistwalkers.